0: Welcome to The Guidelines Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Ignatius Ferreira. Iggy is a co-worker of mine at Sand Dollar Design and I've been working with him since the beginning of last year in 2019. Iggy, welcome to The Guidelines Podcast.
1: Mm, Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Eventually.
0: Before we dig into today's topic on maturity within UX, I'd like to hear a bit more about how you ended up working within UX, how long you've been working in UX and what your journey has been like so far.
1: So basically, I started out, I was a bartender first, and I decided I can't obviously be a bartender for the rest of my life, so I wanted to do graphic design. So I uh, started I studied internet and web design through Unisa, coding and all of that, JavaScript and CSS and this, and while I was doing that, I discovered Photoshop and Illustrator. So then I actually went into graphic design just to fix my previous point. I said I was a graphic designer first. But anyways, then I discovered graphic design and I did that and I worked for a company, a hot capital like 10 years ago almost. And then I worked for accommodation company and then from there I went to another company where I discovered UX for the first time. And then now I'm here. So I've been working in the UX industry now for I think six and a half years. UX is still
0: relatively new within South Africa what was the scene like then and what were some of the assumptions that you had about ux when you first came
1: into the industry i didn't really have any assumptions about ux i had no clue what it was or what it's about i also didn't google what it is but at the company i worked for they said they were doing ux but i was in the graphic department and we were working hand in hand with the ux designers but looking back now, with my experience I gained through the years, I don't think they actually really did any UX. There was a lot of talk and using the right words and all of that, but I didn't really see it. Maybe because I weren't in the department. Or... But yeah, like for instance, I asked the one guy, can you please explain to me what UX is? And he told me, listen, it's something you either get or you don't. And when I asked him again, okay, I understand that, but can you elaborate more? Because I'm actually interested in it. He said, Listen, it's really something you get or you don't get it. And that's my answer. And now looking back, I realise he actually didn't know what he was talking about, or yeah, didn't have a clue what UX was in the first place. Okay,
0: so, so at this point you've you you've you've had your, your stint in 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 studying web development, you've you've done some graphic design, you've now working as a graphic designer. And you hear about Mm -hmm. this field called UX. And you go up to this guy and you ask him about it. And he says that you either get it or you don't. What did you do after
1: that? I think I only really understood what UX was a year and a half into being a UX designer. Because that first year and a half, I didn't really have anybody to talk to. Nobody showed me what the process or, or explained to me what the process was. That you must follow the methodologies and stuff. I was just given screens and... I was told to go learn Axia and then take those screens and make it interactive. I didn't even know why the screens were there. I didn't understand if <laughs> this is actually a best solution to the problem. I didn't have access to the data. I didn't even know that I have to have access to data. That's how poorly trained I was. And I feel I only really understood UX was when I met my mentor. And he actually explained to me the process behind UX and what it is. It's not something you can slap on and say, oof. I've done UX now, I go make it pretty, doesn't work like that. Forget about UI because it's nothing to do with UI, because if you speak to people these days, everybody is still confused about what's the difference between UX and UI. So UX is all about the research part and how things fit together, how do you, come, how do you get from one screen to another screen and where are you in the journey? Where did you come from and where can you go? It's like all those mechanics, how the things work and how people interact with them. So it all depends on the research you do, which is the most important part. And then UI is how it looks. So that's how the designer sits and he changes your bare, ugly wireframes and he makes it look good. Then people want to, it plays off to each other, UX and UI, but people must understand the difference between it. A lot of companies, it feels to me, they don't understand the difference between UX or UI or they make their graphic designers because UX is now a thing and they want to get a new um, job somewhere. They put all their UX, UI designers from a person who's been doing UI for say, for instance, four years. Now all of a sudden UX is awesome. Now that graphic designer or UI designer becomes a lead UX designer in a company so i think that's totally wrong because that person doesn't have any idea what ux is about he's probably never interacted with a user who's going to use his product but now all of a sudden he's a ux designer now i think it's our job as a ux designer to actually evolve the ux maturity for our clients as well so if you are busy with client and doing work for them every time you do a report or you meet up with them try and educate them about what ux is Because I see uh, see a trend that's happening now is a lot of agencies and a lot of UI designers, they slap that dash UX at the back of their title. And then they overcharge people and tell them, yes, they are doing UX. But at the end of the day, they're not. So the company who employs you is wasting their money and you are not delivering what you promised. And I think that is very unethical. For example, I know this one guy who worked for an agency. employed him to do ux on a project for a client but then he worked under like a lead ui designer and all the research the ux guy did and he sent him his wireframes to do the ui lead designer just basically ignored everything he did and he told him listen i have x many years of experience you don't know what you're talking about i know what i'm talking about i'm working for one of the countries Biggest agencies. So you didn't tell me what to do. I think we must find a way to work around that. How do you work with people like that? Because they must also obviously be educated about the value that UX brings to the table.
0: So you started this job now, you've 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 started this junior UX role, you've been working as a as a graphic designer, you've been given this definition of UX. At what point did you start transitioning from this graphic design mindset around UX? to the mindset that you have now, where you see this distinction between
1: UI and UX. If I look back at it now, I didn't really do any UX work when I started my first job. I was just like sitting there and there was no anybody really telling me, okay, cool, you start from here. There was no mentorship. What were you doing? So when you say you weren't doing UX, what were you
0: doing on a day-to-day basis that in your mind didn't make it UX?
1: Well, I basically sat and they told me, go learn how to use Axure, And then they gave me screens that I must go just design and put it in Axure and make it interactive. I never once like spoke to a user. I never asked users any questions. I never observed them. I never spoke to the uh, business it was literally just like, go be a wireframe monkey. And I was classified as a UX designer. I don't know how that works. So I i first felt like a UX designer when I been, met my mentor. And he was actually like holding my hand and said, okay, cool. This is what you actually do. This is how you do research. These are the types of questions you ask users when you meet them. These are the rules that you must follow if you observe people. Gathering, what do you do with that data you get? So analyze that data. How do you actually take those data from words on a page to actual screens? And he started teaching me how to do that. And that's the first time I actually felt like a UX designer.
0: So once you found a mentor, you started to realize that that the way that you've been working up to that point hadn't been UX. It had been UX deliverables maybe things like wireframes and prototypes within a tool yeah. that's often associated with UX, actually, but that the actual work you're doing wasn't UX. And when you started to spend no, time all. with a mentor, you started to actually see what UX was and
1: wasn't. Yes. And then when I started designing screens, I went and took it to him. I'm like, okay, cool. What do you think about this? And he was like, I don't know. What What is your users think about it? I was like, what users? He's like, well, <laughs> go talk to the people you're designing for. And how did you even start designing without talking to the people?
0: Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, okay, now I get it. And there was nobody that really taught me that from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's what's lacking. And I think that's what's also scary because now all these companies that just push people into UX, so now all of a sudden you have a UX lead, but that UX lead <laughs> is only really a UI design. With no knowledge of how to do ethnographic research or talking to people and gathering information, listening information from the user or the stakeholders for that matter. Sure, I think that's a big problem. <clears throat> so for me, my advice would be for anybody who starts new in UX to actually to do research about the people you work with and identify somebody that's actual UX designer if there is somebody like that in your company. Because chances are they basically go. The I'm taking a stab in the dog, but 80% of the people working in companies that say they are UX designers are most probably not. So it's a bad thing for a UI designer to teach a perspective or somebody who wants to be a UX designer, UX. So they're not teaching them well enough. know. Yeah. I think what I've
0: seen is that a lot of the times people will equate UX deliverables with being a UX designer. So because you've done um, some user stories, because you've done some personas, because you've done uh, wireframing, you think that that is what UX is. And if you hand over a certain amount of deliverables, that makes for a UX project. Because you've done, before you started the wireframing, before you started the visual design, you wireframed it. And suddenly that is in your mm-hmm. mind. This is what I used to think was that, okay, this is UX because I'm testing the design before I apply visual design principles to it. But it's actually not that. Mm. It's it's spending time and understanding the user's needs and building based on those, not building and then testing with users. It's first spending time with users and then building based on
1: that. I think the most important part, about, well, obviously the most important part about UX is the research part of it. That must be like 80% of your time spent on doing the research, doing the, the textbook, and eliciting those information out of stakeholders and users. And then actually applying it to wireframes and analyzing that data that you gathered, And then actually spending time with the tool that you're gonna to use to create the wireframes. with. And I see a lot of people talk about the tools that they use, more about the actual research that they've done or conducted. I think that's also totally wrong. It doesn't matter if you really use Figma or Sketch. It's You can do it on pieces of paper, but it obviously matters to use Figma or Sketch because you must still get it out to the client, but that's not the most important part, and I think that's the thing that people are missing. And I also think clients don't understand that. They just see a pretty wireframe, and they say, oh, the end product, and say, ooh, that's cool. But I think also the UX maturity within companies must evolve a bit more but how can it evolve if the agency they selected to do the job doesn't really do UX but they sell it as UX it's like a weird mismatch there it's it's almost like a loop of chaos that's always going to go yeah until they pick up somebody actually does UX
0: okay so what you're saying is that a lot of the times what people will do when they think about UX is they'll think Software and deliverables first. So they'll speak about needing to understand Envision, Figma, Sketch, Adobe XD, mm-hmm. Axure. one of these tools, and they'll they'll view that as being a, a critical part of being a UX designer when actually it's it's secondary, and you can do all of your work as a UX designer on a pen and paper. And it's about it's about how you mm-hmm. understand your users' needs and then get that information out into a tangible form whether it's on a figma file or on a piece of paper and then you communicate that with the stakeholders and those stakeholders could be the clients it could be the development team the visual design team is that correct
1: Yeah, it is and also like like follow the golden thread or the thread or something like from day one when you do a product with the people with the stakeholders, and then you do the interviews with the stakeholders from the workshops you do with them and then the actual ethnographic research that you do with them. All this data you collect, you start a thread from there. And then as you start designing your wireframes, you must always follow, You must look back at your, the pain points you picked up during the users and the stakeholders and then your design ideas you thought about there. Start putting that all together into the wireframes and then, then test those wireframes, get it back, iterate on it, continue, 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 and then pull in the UI designer. Oh, sorry, just to go off that note, UI designers must actually also be part of that whole process if they can, if there's time, because then they will also see why the UX design decisions are not. And then we reach that point when the UX designer and UI designer work together, and the UI designer then makes it look good and sellable. A couple of minutes ago, you
0: mentioned that most of UX is UX research. In the last episode of guidelines, one of the things mm-hmm. I was digging into in UX roles was that there were three broad categories of roles within UX. There's research, interaction design, mm-hmm. and visual design. And the way that I understood it and the way that I communicated in the yeah. last episode was that research is everything before. It's understanding who your users are, understanding the the needs of the stakeholders, the the, the project constraints, all of that jazz that then gets handed on to an interaction designer who then takes mm. that research and pulls it together and makes things like like wireframes and uh, and prototypes and constantly, as you said, uses that golden thread to bring in the research into the design phase and then that design gets handed off into, into the visual design. Do you agree with that model or do you think that's a bit more
1: nuanced than that? I well, I think it all depends on the company you work for because also as you said last time some, if it depends on the size of the company and where the company is situated if it's a company like Amazon they will probably have individual people who does all of that but in a smaller company the UX designer will probably be also the interaction designer and all of that and the researcher because you get UX researchers and then you get UX designers and then you get blah 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 etc etc you understand what I'm saying like, for instance, in our instance, we basically the UX researcher and the designer and the interaction designer and the guy then, you know, takes it further. We actually have a person we use to do the UI. So, you know, model works, but it all depends on the company you work for and the size of the company. So you spent time with
0: this mentor of yours. And this mentor started to teach you about the fundamentals of UX, started to guide you towards moving away from just doing deliverables like wireframing and prototyping and start to encourage you to spend time Mm -hmm. with your users and understand their needs a bit more. Why do you think a mentor is important for a junior UX designer to move from junior into a higher level within the industry?
1: It's extremely important to have a UX mentor because if I think back at what happened to me in my situation, for the first year and a half, I didn't really do anything until I met him. And they take you through the journey, they tell you exactly what's busy happening now and what's going to happen later on. But your mentor must also be obviously good at his job, and I think that's where the difficulty also lies now. Because, like I said earlier, with some of those UI designers who are now all of a sudden UX leads and UX strategists, and they, for instance, take somebody under their wing, are they really going to teach that young designer? any of the skills that are necessary for them to become a successful UX designer. So as a young UX designer, also research good UX designers and see what skills they are and then observe them and actually ask them questions and see what, they, what their answers are and then you can establish for yourself, is this actually the right mentor for me?
0: And once you've found this UX mentor, what in your mind is the most valuable way that you can utilize their knowledge? And to 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 ensure that you're growing and not stagnating in your career?
1: Well I think the best way to utilize a mentor if you're lucky enough to have one, is just to consoling them and tell them what you're struggling with, run some ideas past them, ask them to share with them aspiring links that they have found through the years. Yeah, just almost become like just like friends with them and ask them to share their knowledge with you. And listen to them. And come in with an ego and think that you know more than them because obviously then what's the point of having a mentor? You know, ask them to show you some of their reports they've put together after doing a facilitation workshop or user testing. Ask them to share links they often use. Stuff like that. Be irritating. Use them.
0: Yeah, I really resonate with what you're saying about confusion about what, what to what to see as the truth within UX because like on a project that Iggy and I were recently working on an internal training program I was doing wireframes and I started googling and trying to understand best practice for wireframes and you you google wireframes and you get so many unhelpful articles that they are basically and you get flustered you're like what yeah, you get flustered. It's difficult to actually be able to see what is the the true point of a wireframe. What is the true point of information architecture when there's so much fake news within the UX community on the internet? And that's kind of what the podcast is about is is trying to understand, okay, like what is valuable and what are the actual things that are long-lasting that we can apply? in our careers
1: if you do that research badly and you're trying to research how to do wireframes or something and nobody gives you the right links or the right answers you later on feel like you don't belong here and i'm a failure i can do this i think it's imposter syndrome or something and then yeah that's not a nice feeling to have you mentioned that soft skills were something that you
0: realized were important in a ux designer skill set what do soft skills mean to you and what are some of those skills that you think are incredibly important in a UX designer's skill set?
1: Something definitely in communication. It's definitely a skill cool myself. And that's something I was also lacking when I started. Because one of the biggest things you must do is, yes, you, can, you must be able to communicate your data that you gathered and all of that into a visual design. And then also, the most important, you must actually communicate that via a presentation, or when you do a workshop with people, you must, soft skills like communication is the most important one of all. And like writing out presentations and all of that, putting together reports. And that's something that I didn't know in the beginning, because obviously when you do user testing, you must have a report. And if you don't have skills to putting together a report, that's also bad. So you can be the best interaction designer, but at the end of the day, if you need to write a report of all the work that you have done, you need to send that to the stakeholder. And it looks like a standard A person wrote it, or B person or whatever. It's not good at all. So definitely you must work on your communication skills. That's the most important for me. And I'm still struggling with that. As you can hear from this interview.
0: (laughs) No, you're doing great. Yeah. So in my mind, there are different areas where communication really pays off. There's in the team, there's with stakeholders, and there's in deliverables that you hand over to the stakeholders. What are some of the ways that mm-hmm. team members can best communicate and can improve in uh, within a UX multidisciplinary team environment? Oh, definitely,
1: like, have a stand-up at least once a day or once every second day, either by Zoom or have a group WhatsApp call, one of those, that works. And just check in with everybody all the time. Just send the mail out as well, if you're busy on an actual project, because there's nothing worse, and it basically comes down to managing expectations. Because if me and you are working together and I'm under the impression that you are doing something, but I don't go and ask you if you're doing it, then you just maybe don't do it, and then the work isn't done. Yeah. So just check in every now and again. Yeah, it's also just managing expectation and don't overdo it, but just the right amount. And I'm pretty sure people that you know needs to write them out because you're hearing their voice or their replies like, oh, I'm still busy and you know you can back off a bit. All okay. about finding that balance.
0: Okay. And, and when communicating with stakeholders, either in sessions with them or when handing over deliverables, what are some of the things that you've noticed as being the most valuable things uh in in, in effective communication with stakeholders who maybe don't know much about UX.
1: Yeah, that's something if you need to move up in the UX career as well, you need to know how to facilitate one of those. So you need to, you must first almost educate them about what you're doing and then it's that whole, the UX designer must become a storyteller. So you start with this section and then you go here and then you actually present to work and you tell them why you've made some of the decisions. And it's also nice to keep the stakeholders Make them feel involved in your design decisions. It's also cool to also sit while you're designing your wireframes to maybe just check in with one or two of the stakeholders, show them some of the stuff you've been working on and ask their input. Do you like this? Do you like that? What would you like to see further? That's
0: Iggy, this has been really great. Is there anything that you'd like to is anything that we haven't touched on that you'd really like to say
1: before you leave? Yeah, like sometimes you're going to feel like you really suck and you don't belong there, but that's normal. Just push through and get everything that's in your head while you're designing, get it out. It's like somebody who wants to start painting, but like, Ooh, you just put the brush down and start doing it. Yeah. And eventually you have something that resembles a painting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson I've Good learned job. from you whilst working with you on, on projects is... What I can do is I can often edit something too much in my mind, which takes me longer to get things out onto the screen. And what you do very well is that you enable, you just almost work in automatic where you stretch the ideas out. And before you know it, there's like 20 to 30 screens. And you're just not thinking, you're just trying to get the big picture perspective. And I think that's something that I I realize I'm, I'm learning is that getting that big picture perspective is so useful.
1: Yeah, so you must go through, you know, you must learn all, you just, all this research you've gathered and the data, just read that a couple of times, like take three or four or five hours, go through it and through it and through it and through it, and through it. go over it, over it, over it, and then you just start wireframing. So you are thinking about it, but you're not overthinking one section. I'm going to figure out the perfect search functionality now. Just get everything out and then you can come back and then you're like, okay, cool. But you must identify your templates first. And you're not going to identify templates while you're working on a search functionality. You must identify and try to solve the core function or feature.
0: Okay, Iggy, thank you so much for joining me today. I found this conversation really interesting. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to get in touch with you?
1: They can follow me on Twitter or visit Sand Dollar Design because currently I'm working there and contact us that way. Awesome. Um, Iggy, thank you. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you, Jonathan. You too. Stay safe. Cool, Iggy. Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye. So that was Ignatius Ferreira, a colleague of mine at Sand Dollar Design on UX maturity. Iggy, thank you so much for making the time. I'd like to wrap up today's episode by talking about an app that I have fallen in love with, which is the new Office app by the Microsoft design team. This is a delightful little application that focuses on mobile productivity, micro productivity, asking the question how can we help users be more productive in 20 to 30 second sprints? The reason why I love this app so much is because it is the perfect UX case study. Microsoft didn't simply take Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and Excel and shrink it down into a mobile application. They didn't expect people to work in the same way on their phones as they do on their laptops. They have tailor-made an application to help users work more productively on the go, based on an explicit understanding of people's needs and how they use their devices. I really believe this is a modern triumph of user experience design, and I would like to dig into this app a lot deeper on a future episode of guidelines. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for listening. If you learned something from this episode and would like to hear more episodes in the future, please subscribe and consider leaving a comment so that other people can find this content. If you have any questions and would like me to answer them on an upcoming episode, go into the show notes where you can find a link to my Twitter page where you can ask me any questions that you have or even leave a voice note using the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to keep the user right where they should be first.